The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Okay. So Vince, welcome back. What do you mean you crazy? What do you mean crazily enough? Come what's on, that, what's that? What does that mean? Bro? Come on, Rick Flair, Hulk Hogan, Sting, yeah. Vince yeah. Russo, yes. Goldberg, Vince Russo. Yeah. Where's my applause button? Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> what is going on, John? What is going on? Not much. What's going on in your world? I see you. Uh, you know, getting in a little bit of trouble with some WWE guys and kind of going I, back and forth. What's I, up with I, that? I didn't, I didn't get in any trouble whatsoever. The, these these guys and gals uh, just don't want to listen to freaking criticism, bro. That's 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 them being childish. I love I love I love constructive criticism, bro, because it helps me it helps me become a better all around person. And that's all I was doing was giving constructive criticism, wasn't taking cheap shots at anybody, uh, just um, stating some facts that I think a lot of uh, casual fans were saying because that's what I am. I'm a casual fan. But, uh, you know, bro, you got a lot of you got a lot of, you know, to me, bro, I don't know how you could be a professional athlete and be thin skinned. I I just I, I don't know. Can, can you imagine, bro, if players really, truly got upset when they went to the visiting ballpark and they got booed? Like, can you imagine? I mean, part of being a pro is being uh, thick-skinned because, bro, you are going to get criticized, especially since that is what I do. That is what I get paid to do, and I've said it a million times. I don't know these people. So, so I'm not talking about these people on a personal level. I don't know them. I'm sure they are great people. I'm just talking about my takeaways when I watch, uh, you know, a wrestling show. What was this specific? Was it Bailey you didn't like the way she was dressing? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, no, I mean, Bailey, you know, I mean, ba- ba- basically that's how it started. All I said was, you know, ba- basically made a re- ba- Bailey made a return to television. And bro, she wore the same outfit like for six weeks in a row, and she wasn't wrestling. So it's not like it was her wrestling gear. She wore the same outfit. And I just basically said one of the things Vince McMahon uh taught me was, you know, very early on, if you want to be a star, you gotta look like a star. And you know, and and I pointed out uh some of the people in uh WWE that go above and beyond you know, wardrobe, which they pay for out of their own pocket. And, you know, some people that come to mind are, you know, Bianca Belair and Charlotte Flair and, you know, Rollins, you know, invest a lot of money. Becky invests a lot of money. 
Um, and you know, that that's part of being a star. And I, that's all, that's all I said. I said, you know, Bailey, you've been wearing the same outfit every single week since your return, man. Just, you know, you need to, you know, mix, mix, mix that wardrobe up a little. And sure enough, bro, uh, she wore a new outfit on, on television this week. So I'm not saying that in a hateful manner. I'm saying that is you are on TV. You are a television star, man. You need to you need to present yourself in that manner. And and wardrobe and look is a huge part of that, bro. I saw Becky put something. Is this you? And then there was some quote from you from Sports Yeah, Kita. no, was that she, something yeah. bad about her? Or yeah, no, basically, bro. What what I was saying, and listen, bro, the, the, these people ain't gonna make me back down. I I, I mean, you know, with, with all due respect, you know, Becky Lynch and all these uh, Ali and Ricochet, like with with all due respect, guys, you're not. Yeah, if I said something, I'm gonna say I said it, and I'm going to stand behind it. What my comment was about Becky and Seth, and this was several months ago, bro. This wasn't, this was several. She she dug up a comment from several months ago, which is fine. But what I said, John, was we had two characters here. One was the man, and her husband was the Monday night messiah. Okay. All of a sudden, bro, they come out in completely different gear with completely different characters with no explanation. So again, as a casual fan at home, I'm watching this and I'm like, wait a minute, you you were just the man, now you're Lady Terminator? And, you know, Seth was Monday Night Messiah and now he's the Joker? Like, how, bro, if you're going to switch up your character and your gear and your persona, there needs to be an explanation to it. You need to transition into that. You can't one day be, be one day be this and the next week be that and expect people to understand. And, and that, that, that was my comment. And, and I stand behind that comment to this day. If you want to change up your gear and your persona and your gimmick, you know, number one, there's got to be a reason for it. And there's got to be an explanation for it. And there's got to be a transition for it. I mean, my God, bro, if I'm, if I'm writing TV and, you know, I, I, I've got a character, say Raven, for instance, and all of a sudden, you know, the ne next week Raven shows up you know, and he, and he puts his gear on and he's backstage with a totally different look. I mean, as the head writer, I'm like, you know, bro, what, what are you doing? Like the audience isn't going to understand how you went from this to that. If that's what you want to do, we got to set it up with a, with a story and, and an angle and a, a reason. Cause if you just do it, nobody's going to understand. That's all I said, bro. And like I said, bro, the, these are pros that can't take criticism from a guy that used to write the show. Okay, bro. There's not going to stop me from giving criticism. Is that on the creative though, or is it on the, the wrestlers? It seems more on creative to, to make sure you have a story in line for, for the, oh, the change. Absolutely. No, 1000% bro. Absolutely. If, if you want to change up your look, okay. What you need to do is get together with creative and say, listen, man, I, I really want to get, from this and i want to change my look to that and then you figure out how to do it 
I, I mean, it's it, it's really that simple. You don't just do it with with no explanation whatsoever, and and that's that's what both of them did. So, do you like the look after the fact if there wasn't enough creative to build it up? Do you like their looks now, though? Bro, listen, like like I said, they both invest a lot of money in costuming. That stuff is not cheap. So when you ask me, do I like the look, bro, I, 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 I can't like the look if I don't understand it. It still hasn't been explained. It still hasn't been explained. I mean, what, 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 what I took away from what I took away from Becky was like, oh, okay, I, I guess she's cosplaying. I, I know, I know that's a big thing today. And bro, like even when you look at Seth, who you know. Bro, Seth has had so many character changes, more more than anybody, I think, in the history of wrestling. Like, seriously, if we went through every moniker and all of a sudden now he's laughing like the Joker. Bro, if you go back and you watch TNA and you watch Crazy Sting, okay, there was a story to that, bro. And and he wasn't one day sting and the next week crazy sting. There was a transition to that of why the character was changing. And as the character was changing, his appearance was changing. So it, it was explained and laid out. But to go from A to Z, you're not you're not doing it correctly. Same with Foley too. Obviously, when he would do the three face to Foley, there was a a reason for the for the change. Absolutely, bro. I mean, bro, it's like you know we we were talking before we came on about the new Halloween movie. It's like you're you're watching Halloween from you know I think Halloween started in 1978. Okay, you're you're watching this, you're watching this, and all of a sudden you're going to turn on this new movie and Michael Myers has a new persona w- without explanation. No, bro, it's television, man. And and like I said to the casual fan, you've got to explain, you know, you've, you've got to explain to them what's going on. Becky does look like a star, though, like carries herself like a star. Don't you agree? Like the way she looks in her presentation or you disagree? Oh, yeah, no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm telling you, bro. I, I don't think people understand. They pay for their wardrobe, bro. That's, that's not part of their uh, part of their deal. They pay, they go to wardrobe and say, this is the outfit I want. I want it to look like this. They work together with wardrobe. They know how long it's going to take. There's fittings and there's all that stuff. And no, I applaud Becky and Seth for coming out in something different every single week. I applaud them for that. But there's <laughs> there was no rhyme or reason to it. And that that's that's all that I said. So then there was another comment, and I want to know your explanation on this one. So Mustafa Ali, not Mustafa Ali, Mustafa Ali said, I call I call him Mustard Ali. That's easier for me. Hey, I, I don't quite get the why it's Mustafa, not Mustafa, like the normal pronunciation. I don't get it, but I mean, obviously oh. his name. He, he's he's going to say it like the way he wants to. But what is the the racist cop thing? What the, what the hell is that? Bro, what the hell that was? And again, these guys are going back freaking years. Okay, bro. When we look at the COVID period and we look at the time the WWE was performing in front of nobody, they were performing in front <laughs> whatever they were calling it, the war zone. Thunderdome. The Thunderdome. The Thunderdome. Yeah. The Thunderdome. 
Bro, there were so many hot issues going on at that time that the WWE completely ignored. Like none of it was going on. COVID, never addressed. Black Lives Matter, never addressed. Defunding the police, never addressed. None of these hot buttons, bro, were ever addressed. And that's what made the Attitude Era so hot back in the late 90s is we were just mirroring society. That's what made, we weren't ignoring it, bro. We were discussing it and we were taking it head on. So with one of the stories at that time being the defending, the, the defunding of the police, Bro, Mustafa used to be a police officer. As a shoot, he used to be a police officer. So what, what I pitched off the top of my head, mind you, when I was on Sports Kita, it was, it was off the top of my head. What I pitched was during that time with the defund the police, Ali could have been a character that was very pro-police, and talked all about the good aspects of, of police and being a police officer. But, and this was the word that I used, but behind the scenes, there were shades of was he a racist cop or was he not? Okay, so he's playing this front about how great the police are. We would never do that. We would never do that. A couple of apples shouldn't spoil every bunch, blah, 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 blah. But then he was acting and saying things in a certain way that we were like, wait a minute, bro. Is is this one of the racist cops? Now, bro, when I think of a story like that, okay, see, this is what the, the with all due respect, a guy like Mustafa will never be able to think on my level, as long as he lives. Why, bro? Because he's one of these guys that what is important to him is having a match to get all his shit in and he could care about anything else. That's why he's never been over. So when I say racist cop, he's got this, like this in his head, not thinking for one second what that could mean because he doesn't have the ability and he doesn't have the uh, understanding and he doesn't have the intelligence to understand what I'm saying. John, if you got a cop that is, 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 is being pro cop and talking about all the positives of a cop, but then you hear him dropping certain things in the locker room and people are starting to question him. The first thing that comes to my mind is wrestling from day one, bro, was good versus evil. Good guy, bad guy, with good always winning out at the end. No matter how long it took, bro, bro, good always got over. So in my mind, if you're doing an angle like this, what I'm building it up to is redemption. And maybe Mustafa Ali was racist. Maybe something happened in his background or in his life with a minority and it turned him against an entire race. Well, through the storyline now, circumstances change and you have the story of redemption, of setting it up in such a way where maybe a minority or somebody from a different race befriends him and starts talking 
logic to him. And, you know, he's he he's playing along with it, but it's really not effect on him. But all you got to do, bro, is then put that character in a situation where he's really in harm's way. And then all of a sudden, Ali makes the save. And now you've got redemption. And now Ali can give the promo. When I was a kid, when I was a teenager, this happened to me. And I made the mistake of, of, of you know, you know, putting, you know, putting everybody in one basket, not understanding that people are individuals. That's the story, bro. It's just like it, it, the perfect example is when Austin saved Stephanie McMahon. Per- perfect example. It's a story like that where at the end of the story, it is a feel good story. It is redemption. He saved a minority. Now he sees the light. Now he understands. But they they don't under bro. These wrestlers today they don't understand characters and story at that level. So everything that Vince Russo says to them is the shits because it's foreign to them because they don't understand. They just want to have their long-ass matches. They want to get their shit in. And what they've done in the interim is run off every single casual fan that the Attitude Era took took years to win over. And they've run them all, all off for reasons like this that they don't even want to hear. Does he have to be racist? Can can he just be a dickhead cop? You know what I mean? Does why well, the why is no, racist? What, what's wrong with him, John? Are you mean to tell me with all the shit that went down during that time period, none of this was weaved into television shows? Are you? Oh, it was. Yeah. Okay. Well, the, the, Raw is a television show, bro. What about the sponsors and the the PG nature of it, though? They might not be open to that. What did I just say was the story, bro? It's a story of redemption. It's it's a goodwill story. It's a warm, fuzzy story at the end with a message. When you sit down with a sponsor and you explain to them this is what the story is, I, I I can't imagine any sponsors. Nah, we nah. That's that 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 that's not going to send a good message. Come on, John. It's like you know again because you say a word racist. What what is that, bro? Is that one of the things we no longer can talk about? You know, it, it, it's funny, John. Like keep keep building up the list of things we can't talk about I, because whoever says we can't we can't talk about racism when racism exists because somebody said we can't talk about it so you're going to keep building up the list of okay you can talk about these things but you can't talk about these things you know what what that equates to is bro we're being controlled we're being told what we can discuss and what we can't discuss. And that is absolute bullshit. And if people can't see through that, you're out, you're out of your freaking mind. Who says that you can't deal with racism on a television show? Bro, the number one show on Netflix, the number one show on Netflix is Jeffrey Dahmer. Dahmer. 
The the undertone of that entire show is racism, the 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 treatment of the LGBTQ community. That is the whole undertone of the show. You think Netflix said for a second, oh bro, we 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 can't go there because we're gonna lose subscribers? It's it's life, bro. It's it's part of our life and it's part of the world we live in. And to me, if you've got a television show where you can make a positive out of that, like I said, bro, I'm going right back to Austin State saving Stephanie McMahon. It's th- it's that story. You, but you you're not going to sit there, bro, and tell Vince, you can talk about this, but you can't talk about that, but you can talk about, but this week you can't talk about that. That's why I paid over $25,000, bro, to be behind the paid wall. Because if if if, if people were going to tell me what I can say, what I can't say, what I can't talk about and what I can't, I'm not going to podcast at all. Because that, then I'm not being true to myself. I'm not being true to my family. I'm being an absolute phony and I'm not going to podcast at all. That is why I am behind a paid wall. So, do you see money in him at all? That character aside, any anything no, with no, Ali? Nothing. No, bro. Listen, every not every there's there's exceptions to the rule. Goldust, Val Venus. There's always going to be uh, exceptions to the rule. Every successful character, bro, there are seeds of themselves and who they really are, okay? And the bottom line is Mustafa was a cop. And I'm not – see, these guys can't separate – hey, Dopey, this is a television show. I'm not saying you were a racist cop. I'm, I'm, this is a show and this is a storyline. But the fact of the matter is, John, he was a cop. And I guarantee you, bro, as a cop, there was a lot that he saw and probably a lot that he saw that he didn't agree with or was uncomfortable with. So therefore, he now will be able to go out there and 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 portray a character connecting to what he once was. All these, bro, retribution? Are you kidding me, bro? That that was almost as bad as the gobbledygooker. Why? Because what what experience did Mustafa Ali have with being a terrorist? What was he a terrorist right. at one point in his life and he was able to relate to that? Because I guarantee you, bro, terrorists are not throwing bricks through windows and running away. That's not what they do. Oh, but he was a cop. And he probably dealt with a lot of these things. And as a writer, he could probably tell me a lot of these stories. And if you know the end game is to good over evil, that is the end game. And there's going to be a story here. And it's going to be a it's going to be a feel-good moment. And it's going to send out a good message. If you know that, then that's what you're working towards. What about Bailey? You see money in Bailey. Do you not like her as a heel? Because to me, she's the, a baby face. She's like the oh John God. Cena type baby Bro, face. That's, John, I said that day one. Day one. I, listen, I, I watched NXT only a few times, so I had seen Bailey. But then when she came out with the balloons and all that stuff, I said Bailey could be the, neck, the female John Cena. 
Yeah. That's exactly what I said, bro. And WWE, bro, is has a horrible way of miscasting people. There are so many people that are miscast. And it just, bro, it blows my mind as I sit here with Ali. It's like, wait a minute, bro. Like, you were a cop. You know there are racist cops. We all know there are racist cops. You don't want to portray a racist cop, but you'll portray a terrorist? Like, that, that, that's really weird to me, bro. Like, in other words, it's not stereotypical for you to be a racist? Like, th- that totally blows me away. Bro, Bailey is so miscast at this point. And if she's going to be a heel, bro, what, what what's hot right now? Or, what you know, again, during the uh, COVID and all that stuff. Bro, the, the Karens. The Karens. She should be a Karen. If she is a heel, she should be a Karen. That's what she should be. Getting up in everybody's business. Cutting real life promos. That's what she should be. Whatever her character is now, I don't understand. She looks like somebody's aunt. All the heat with her is cheap heat. You know how we're all stupid. They're the only smart ones. It's all that shit, bro. And again, she is grossly, grossly, grossly miscasted, bro. And is I don't I don't care what they think. And I don't care about the marks because everybody's over to the marks. To the casual fans, they could give two craps about Bailey, bro. What do you think? Like, or who else do you think is is miscast? Because you said uh, a lot of guys are girls. Oh my! Oh my God, bro! There there are so many. I mean, every time we start going through the list, you know, when I when we start going over Raw, I, I mean, I I I can't think of any like off the top of my head, but. There, there are so many people miscast, or their characters are, are just wrong. Um, yeah, you know, bro, it, it, it goes back to you know, you got a guy like uh, Drew McIntyre with with movie star looks. You know, he's the guy all the girls want to be with, and all the guys want to be like this guy walks into a bar, somebody messes with him, bro. It's it, it's game over. And 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 what's the next thing? He's coming out with a sword, bro, because he's from Scotland. It's those type of things, bro, that they do like across the board that it takes away the reality of who these people really are it it just it takes that away from them because you're you're not bro a, a character you need to amplify who they really are they make cartoon characters out of people it it's two completely different things bro a lot of the factions don't seem to have chemistry either. Like Bianca Belair is with Alexa Bliss and Asuka. There's no chemistry. Damage control, there's no chemistry. Even the brawling brutes to me. I know they're starting to get together a little bit, but it's a little odd. Like Ridge Holland with Sheamus, with Pete Dunn, Butch, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. It's, it's a, a lot of the chemistry issues, I think, with the factions doesn't make sense. No, well, bro, because what? what, what how did that happen? Because they had a lot of these guys that they never got over. So let's put some of these guys together. So now you're putting people together with no rhyme or reason. I talk about this all the time, bro. When you had real tag teams, when you had the Hart Foundation, when you had the British Bulldogs, when you had the Legion of Doom, 
uh, we, we can go, the Rockers. We can go up and down the list. There was a reason those two people were together. There was a reason, and they were a true team. What the WWE does with, and bro, I'll tell you, the only time this worked, and, and, and it was an attempt to do the same thing, was Rocky Maivia. Oh, bro, they fail miserable. Oh, throw him in the nation. That That's what they did. Throw him in the nation. To this day, they're doing that. Couldn't get Finn over. Uh, couldn't get Rhea Ripley over. Couldn't get Damian Priest over. Let's create a faction. Well, okay, bro. So now you're creating a faction with three people you couldn't get over. So now they're going to get over as a faction? Like, why? Why are they going to get over? And more important to me, bro, I'm going to go back to the storytelling. Why did they come together? What? Why is Finn Balor with, with Damian Priest? And why is Rhea Ripley? There's never a reason or an explanation for anything, bro. That's why I am not a fan of this at all. Like, at all. If If, bro, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, I get... I get paid good money from Sports Kita to watch Raw. Okay. Raw is all I watch. I don't watch any other show because you're not paying me to watch these other shows. The minute that relationship comes to an end, will we'll definitely at that point, I will no longer watch any wrestling whatsoever. And also, bro, probably I will never ever do another wrestling show again. The, the only thing that is keeping me tied to this is what they are paying me on a monthly basis because this this stuff sucks to me. And and then, of course, everybody, oh, I'm bitter. I'm, I'm bitter to Hunter and I'm bitter to Tony Khan because uh, they won't hire me. Well, you know what, bro? Put Michael Myers on that list too because I must be bitter towards Michael Myers because Halloween end sucks. So put put me put me on that list too of being bitter towards that franchise. May, maybe I wanted a job with Halloween and they never hired me, so I'm going to say the movie sucks. Put me on that list too. All right, let's get to the topic at hand: WWF WrestleMania 13, March 23rd, 1997, Rosemont, Illinois. Obviously, Chicago at the Rosemont. Eight, over 18,000 in attendance. Pretty damn good. The tagline was heat. The pay-per-view buy rate, not so great. 237K for WrestleMania, very yeah, low. Terrible. Very low. That's awful. So WrestleMania 14 would do like, I think it was 750,000. So WrestleMania 14 uh, quadruples, oh, almost quadruples this one. As far and, as and, and, I, and I believe I wrote 14 and not 13. But anyway, anyway, anyway. Who is writing this show? Um, uh, Pritchard. Uh, Patterson, you know, Vince, I, I, I'm pretty sure Pat was still around during this time. Pat exited officially when, um, Bill Watts came in. So if you know those dates, you'll, you'll know the timeline. I'm pretty, pretty positive. It was Bruce and Pat at the, at this point. What were you doing? I was. I, I I was kind of learning the ropes, you know, at this point, Bruce is really taking me under his wing. You know, Bruce would take me uh, when he would, you know, do outside vignettes, which they, they don't even do anymore. He would take me on those vignettes. I was writing all the verbiage for the wrestlers when um, for the house show verbiage. 
you know, when they used to do those, you know, the, you know, Monday night, Madison Square Garden and blah, blah, blah. I used to write all of those, bro, for all the, the talent. And I used to produce them in the room. This is a time, bro, when, 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 when Bruce is probably, you know, bouncing stuff off of me just to get another opinion. But I am not, I am not putting you know, pencil to paper here and, and writing these shows. Definitely did not write this show. So we talked about this last time. Shawn Michaels just lost his smile, a.k.a. knee injury, gives up the title, vacates it. So we had the final four. Then we had Sid beating Brett after Brett won the final four. So this main event is Sid versus The Undertaker for the WWF Championship. Austin versus Bret Hart in a, in a I Quit match, a.k.a. submission match with Ken Shamrock as the referee. Any thought of making Brett versus Austin for the title, the, the main event, instead of oddly putting it on Sid? Yeah, bro, I, I I I was not involved in those decisions at the time. I mean, I was not. I I bro, I'm, I'm telling you. And, and bro, listen, if, if Brett versus Austin was a masterpiece, you know. So if 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 I was involved with that in any way at all, I would say it. I I wish I was. I wasn't. I I wasn't. I was not involved with the writing or the positioning of this show or anything. Do you remember like negotiations, if anything, of bringing Shamrock in or what the thought process is? Because obviously you're going to end up using him as a full-time wrestler, but yeah. here's like the tease. He's former UFC champion, you know, this legend is the world's most dangerous man. He's the only one that could referee this match and get a, a clean win, a clean submission for either Austin or Brett. Do you remember that and bring him in? I think, bro, at this time, MMA is probably starting to get a little steam and Vince is trying to kind of stay ahead of the curve a little bit. And, you know, Shamrock had wrestling experience. And, yeah. and I'm really not sure, bro, who contacted who. I mean, for all I know, you know, Shamrock could have contacted WWE. I don't know uh, who contacted who. But but I would I would think that at this point Vince is probably starting to take a little bit more attention to uh, UFC and MMA. So with Michaels, are you writing because he's going to be on WrestleMania 13 even though he's supposedly hurt and he's, he does like the flip off the rope. He does the thing with his knee where he twists it where he, he basically tells you I'm not really hurt. Like are you writing his verbiage? Like for, so for he, okay, let, again let, let's just go back in a timeline. So he he was the champion then he forfeited the title. Yep, remember he lost a smile. He cried on TV. And then what, happened, what happened after that? So then you had Final Four and Brett wins the title. Then you have Monday Night Raw and Austin hits Brett and Sid pins Brett. So Sid becomes the champion. And then, you know, they have a few other. Well, when when, when between, did, did Sean have his run like with Vader prior to this? Before. Yep. Then I was writing Sean stuff. Yes. I, I, I was I was producing and writing all of Sean's promos when he was the champion. So, so the answer with the timeline you said is yes. So here, do you say to him like, Sean, you're not really hurt. What the hell's going on? Or you don't mention that? No, <laughs> at no, all? no, no. I, I mean, I'll have my, um, you know, bro, that that's a very difficult spot to be in, bro, because one of my rules of thumb was I'm never, ever, ever, ever going to accuse anybody of being a liar if I really don't know. And that put me in a tough position a lot, bro, when it came to guys being under the influence. You know, what what was a guy pilled up? You know, I mean, where where I I I in my gut, 
I thought the guy was pilled up, but I've never been pilled up. So I couldn't tell you a hundred percent. So I would never assume that you are. I would always go to one of the talent. And I would say, bro, go have a conversation with so-and-so and tell me what you think. So it's the same here. If Sean is saying he's hurt, I I can't say he's not. I don't know 100% for sure. So if he is saying he's hurt, then I'm going to take his word for it that he's hurt. Not a doctor or anything, but to see oh, a guy move around like that, right. it's like, man, he can't be that hurt Bro, if he's I, able to do shit like that. I, I say this all the time about WrestleMania 14 when he had all the back problems and whatnot, and in the middle of the match, he kept up. So, like, to me, I'm like, bro, like, come on. But then again, I I say, okay, Vince, you don't know that that level of adrenaline in a spot like that, WrestleMania, you, you, you don't know. So I don't I don't like to assume people are lying to me, bro. I just don't. With him, I felt like he never really got the knee surgery. So that's a little bit of an indication too. Maybe he tweaked it or or whatever, but I felt like he probably could have wrestled or probably could have done some sort of I don't know, finish to get the title off him, but he never technically loses the title. And he comes back a few months later after WrestleMania and he never had the surgery. So to me, it's like yeah. And he looked great when he came back too. Like he was well, I, bouncing I, around I, like crazy. I can tell you this, and I don't. I I may have told this. I don't. I don't even know if I've ever told this story. But let's face it, bro. Sean seemed to be in and out based on where he was with Vince. Either he was happy with Vince creatively, or either he was unhappy or whatever. That's how Sean would come in and out. It became a real problem, bro, during the rise of Austin. And the reason why it became a real problem was, bro, I saw this with my own eyes. Vince had his new toy and he was kicking Sean to the curb like he was the redhead stepchild. And Sean was really carrying the company when he was champion and nobody was watching. And now Vince had Austin and 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 Sean was yesterday's news. Okay. So that was the WrestleMania 14, and that's when Sean went home, okay? Now, bro, I remember when we brought Sean back, it was me who wanted to bring Sean back because what I'm always looking at is, bro, whether the guy's going to be a headache, whether there's going to be an issue, whatever the situation is, if he can help the show, I'll deal with it. So I wanted to bring Sean back. And that's exactly what Vince said to me. Vince, Vince, I think Vince would have let him sit home forever because at that point we really didn't need Sean, you know, because Austin's starting to rise. And I remember Vince said to me, Vince, if you want to bring him back, bring him back, but you're going to have to deal with him. It was that type of a thing. And bro, I remember we brought Sean back and it was me who campaigned it. And I was the one behind it. Something changed creatively in the uh, in the uh, production meeting that day. So what Sean was supposed to initially do had changed. And what did he do, bro? He got all up in my face and cut a promo on me. Meanwhile, I was the guy that, and I swear to God, when that happened, Vince came right to me. He goes, what I tell you, bro? 
What, what did right. I tell you? I told you, bro. Now you wanted him back. Now you got him back. And now this is what you're going to have to deal with. But, bro, I always say this in Sean's defense. I saw Vince kick him to the curb. I saw Vince kick him to the curb. And um, I understood completely uh, why Sean felt the way he did. And that's why I say all these years, bro, if Vince McMahon will kick a Sean Michaels to the curb, He'll kick anybody to the curb. It, it doesn't matter who you are. So a lot of, you know, Sean in, Sean out, Sean in, Sean out. A lot of that was a relationship with Vince, bro. Crazy. He did it with Hogan for God knows how. He did it with Austin. God knows how. He did it with Michaels. Yep. Yeah, it's always like the shiny new toy. Like who's, yep. who's the next guy? And then I'll get yep. rid of this guy. Yep. And then it's funny you come back to that guy because it was kind of, you know, he regrets getting rid of yep. that guy to yep. a certain extent. Yep. So with Michaels here, obviously, he's going to be a part of the main event, not wrestling. Of course, he'll do some commentary for it. But just interesting to see him out there almost as like a little bit of like an FU. Like, guys, you know, like almost like FU Undertaker, FU Sid, FU Brett. Like, I'm not really that hurt. Like, I'm out here. Like, if he's really hurt and he really needed surgery, he probably wouldn't be at WrestleMania 13 doing flips and stuff. Yeah, but I will say this, bro, because, you know, I, I go back on – um. What do I do this on? I think I do it on Russo'sBrand.com. Every two weeks, I watch an hour of the Attitude Era. And, bro, I will say this without a shadow of a doubt. As I'm watching this, and I know there are, you know, times when we're having issues with Sean backstage. Bro, when he was on commentator, he did what his job was supposed to be. He, he got everybody over. He got everybody. Bro, I watch commentary when... It is clear to me Jim Cornette is burying people he does not like. I, I mean, he really hard, and I know why he's doing it, because he personally doesn't like them. Sean never did that, bro. And and that that was really, bro, his um that was really his faithfulness to the boys, which, which seems odd because of the whole Brett situation. But I'm telling you, bro, in spots when Sean was unhappy with Vince and Sean was unhappy with management, he never took it out at the expense of the boys when he was on color, burying. He never, ever did that, bro. Do you have to write his stuff for commentary or no? No, 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 no not at all. Not at all. Uh -uh. So let's get to the card. The free-for-all first. Billy Gunn defeats Flash Funk with the Funkettes in about seven minutes. Nothing to write home about here. Just a free-for-all dark match, if you will. You know, the, the pre-show match. Then the actual pay-per-view begins. It is a, a four-way elimination match to determine the number one contenders for the WWF Tag Team Championships. So Mosh and Thrasher of the Headbangers defeated Furnace and LaFon, the Godwins with Hillbilly Jim, and the New Blackjacks, of course, Bradshaw and Wyndham, to become the number one contenders in about 10 minutes, 30 seconds. Four tag teams, you guys don't really do much with the tag team division. The headbangers are going to win. Anything here like that that kind of grabs you, like, oh, this is interesting, or, oh, this is great, because nah, I mean, Godwin's really. kind of passe, Blackjack's oh, passe. I do know the office, and, and you know, like, you know, the, Pat, you know, these guys were really high on Furnace and LaFon, really high on these guys, but... You know, they found out rather quickly, like, these guys just had no personality, bro. They, they, they you know, and, and, it, and it's so funny because they were great workers, and that's why they were there. 
But once, you know, they saw that they really had no personality, I mean, it was very, very short-lived. Whereas compared to today, you got a lot of great workers who are still there and haven't had a personality and won't get a personality. Back then, if you didn't have both, you were not going to be there very long, bro. First of all, great workers. I always love watching them, but you're right. Maybe lacked in the, the character department. There really was no character for them. They were yeah. just good wrestlers, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but, you know, I'm, I and I think they were from Canada, too, right? Yeah. That's well, not I'm, Furnace. Furnace is from Tennessee, but LaFon is from LaFon, Canada. That's yeah. why I'm sure Pat, you know, probably had a little bit of influence there. So, Headbangers are now the number of contenders for the tag titles. It, it, no, it just felt like, okay, whatever. Like, you're not doing anything with the tag division anyway, so whoever's number one contender is like... I don't know, it doesn't matter. Like, do you really want to start off the show with that? I, I mean, I guess you could, but didn't didn't grab me at all. I wouldn't have grabbed me at all either, bro. Like I said, I didn't I didn't lay out the uh, order of matches or anything like that here. But I agree with you. I agree with you. Speaking of that, Rocky Maivia is up next. He's the Intercontinental Champion. He defeats the Sultan with Bob Backlund and Iron Cheeky Baby in about 10 minutes to retain the Intercontinental Championship. Rocky Johnson even comes out of the crowd, and I feel like we're going back to 1980 with uh, Rocky Johnson and yeah. Iron Cheek and This is what Backlund. I mean, bro. Just about over-the-top, just stupid, unrelatable characters. You know, the, the, the Sultan, whatever. Like this. I, I remember when they came up with this. I had nothing to do with this. And I was like, oh, bro, this sucks. Like, come on, man. What, what do we do? You know, the Sheik was very entertaining in the back. Always loved being around the Sheik. But this was such freaking nonsense. To me, Rikishi, when he becomes Rikishi, it's like, wow, this guy had so much charisma. Like, look yeah. at the, like, just look, like, it, it comes out of him just when he stands there doing that, that when he's about to dance, yep. people go nuts. It's like, and then you put him under this mask thing and he's the Sultan. I agree. Was That's what I'm saying. Well, again, when I talk about miscasting, we, we, we can go back 25 years ago. You see it all the time. And I'm telling you, bro, when you sit down with these talents before you bring them up, and you have long, in-depth conversations with them, chances of you miscasting them are 1%. Because when you get in their heads and you really get to know them and what makes them tick, you know, you usually nail that character right on the head. Um, when you um, w- When you don't go through that exercise and you're just slapping something on them, it's not even 50-50. It's more 80-20 that it's going to fail. And even Rocky Maivia here, I mean, oh, there's, yeah. Yeah. it wasn't working, but the Intercontinental Champion, of course, Die Rocky Die would eventually become a big chan, and Rocky yeah. sucks and everything yeah. else. So the fans knew right away it wasn't working. I mean, yeah. WWF obviously realized it eventually, putting him in the nation, but, man, it's just so corny, so lame. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So then we have Hunter Hearst Hemsley with China defeating Goldust. You know, bro, it's, it's almost, I'm just going to give you a perfect example. I was so in tune with the crowd and the numbers. And the, 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 the people, the, the, the fans were the ones who wrote the show because I was always listening to them. I was always studying the numbers, what they wanted. I gave them. You know, it's really that simple. And, bro, what I did was I played on every single moment. And I remember, bro, a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, 
And look where we are today and look how much time they wasted in between. A couple of years ago, more than a couple of years ago, when Roman Reigns won the Royal Rumble in Philadelphia. What year was that? 2015, I believe. Seven years ago. I remember saying at the time that if I was the head writer and he wins that match and they're booing him out of the building, okay, based based on them booing him out of the building, I would have buzzed the referee and I would have said, tell Roman to go up to the second rope with his belt and flip off the crowd. Because you know what, bro? That would have been the natural reaction. That would not, you're booing me out of the building and I'm still going to try to be a baby face. The natural reaction would have been F you. And if they would have done that, then you, you, you wasted five years after that with suckering succotash. We had, we had a circ, we had a situation this, this uh, Monday night on Raw. Lashley goes out and says, yeah, I'm going to defend this title each and every every week for each and every one of you guys. He gives his baby face promo. Brock Lesnar comes out now, who's a baby face, yep. and lays him out. But still as the baby face, he's going to have his match with Rollins. Rollins goes over, and at the end, they're cheering Rollins. Okay, now, if I'm writing the show and I'm watching this, if I am Lashley, I am going out there this week and I'm saying, F you, bro, F you. Like, you know, I, I you know, I, 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 you know, I, I wrestled with defending this belt with honor, with dignity, you know, you know, and I represented every one of you because you don't, you know, you don't have the opportunity to do what I can do. So I, I went out with your pride and your honor and your dignity and some clown comes out here and takes advantage of me being hurt and you're going to cheer him. You know what? That's what I would do. That's what I would do. But what the WWE does now, bro, is, okay, this one's a baby face. This one's a heel. This one's a baby face. This one's a heel. And we're just going to go in that direction no matter what happens and and they're 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 not taking advantage of real moments it's it's all cookie cutter bullshit you talk about being miscasted bro they tried to make becky a heel why bro why becky is not a heel will never be a heel and she tried and you know what it looked like bro it looked like she was trying to be a heel. That's exact, but that's what I'm talking. Why, bro? She was over as the man. What got her over is Nia Jax, you know, breaking her face with a shoot punch, and then okay, bro. Now we're gonna go heel. Why? It's it's it, it, it every single week, bro. There's something like that. What the fr- what what happened with Elijah and Elias? Like what what was that? Like what what, <laughs> what what was that? I know he's back though, Elias. He's coming back. But also, Ronda Rousey as a babyface is terrible. She's a heel, 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 heel. Crazy. Terrible, bro. You can't force shit on people. Uh, that's why I'm telling you, man, when I was writing, the fans wrote the show. Whatever they wanted, I went with. Why am I going to fight it? 
What, what, why am I going to go against the grain? You want it? Here it is. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense to me, bro. So Triple H, Hunter Hearst Hamsley with China, defeated Goldust with Marlena, 14 minutes, 30 seconds. Nothing really to, to write home about here. Obviously, Triple H is not Triple H yet. I mean, he's coming into his own. He's still, you know, kind of doing the, the snobby thing. Eventually, he'll, he'll be with China and, and Rick Rude and Michaels. They'll be DX. But here, it's just ho-hum, ho-hum, okay match and okay feud. So then we got Owen Hart and the British Bulldog versus Vader and Mankind with Paul Bearer ending a double countout for the WWF Tag Team Championships. Owen and Bulldog retain. Match goes 16 minutes. 16 minutes, double countout finish. Almost seemed like a little bit of a waste of Vader here, who was just in the world title picture a month before. It's almost like we got to get him on the card kind of thing. Bro, we, we've had this conversation many times. I, I don't know what was going on with them and Vader, bro. Like, Vader, Vader just to me, for whatever reason, bro, I don't know if he wanted more money. I, I have no idea. But he was like the guy that was always kind of picked on and made fun of and laughed at behind his back. And I don't know why, bro. I was never involved in any of that. I told you, bro. I remember when he was stuck. What was it? Saudi? Kuwait. Kuwait. And they were laughing. And and they they weren't taking his phone calls. They were making him sweat it out. And at that point, I was in a position where I was like just I want to say on the outside looking in, but I it was like Vince, keep your mouth shut mode. I could not believe the entertainment they were taking in this guy being scared to death. Now I don't know how Vader got to that point. I I, I don't know what happened beforehand but he just always seemed to be the brunt of everybody's joke i don't know i don't know how that started but bruce could tell you i can't tell you how that started and it's funny because when he leaves wbf basically 98 and goes back to japan you're like oh does he still have it he was awesome in japan so it's like what the hell happened there yep. like it is so confusing it's ridiculous yep, yep. i don't bro i don't know what happened crazy um so then the next match bret hart defeats stone cold steve austin in a submission match aka i quit match with ken shamrock as the guest referee 22 minutes this match is known as to everybody pretty much as the greatest match in the history of wrestlemania you agree with that oh yeah bro and this was pat patterson 1000 percent, bro pat and uh, brett were very 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 tight when it came to laying out all of brett's matches and uh this was Pat Patterson to the T. I mean, let me ask you a question, John, because you still watch all this stuff. I don't, yeah. so I can't I can't answer this question. Bro, like literally, how often on any product do you see a match like this today with this type of psychology? Can you rem can you remember the last one you really really I I I remember the one really talked about the most bro which I didn't even see was Cody and Dustin yeah. like that gets talked about a lot and again bro keep in mind those guys are brothers you know so there really is a you know chemistry there but how how often today do you think we see something like this 
Honestly, maybe like a Brian Danielson match, but it depends on his opponent. But uh, other than him, and I know you'll laugh, but Okada in Japan, the guy's he's unbelievable. I know you'll you'll say, "Oh, come on, Okada," but he, his matches, psychology wise, are awesome. His selling and everything. But Dusty, I was going to say Dustin and Cody. That's like the big one we remember here in the states. Yeah, uh, yeah. that that match was awesome. I mean, that's a good thing when you have blood involved and like the stuff like that. Instead of like Moxley bleeding every week for no reason. Yeah, it it's. It's tough to come by, especially at this level, Brett versus Austin. I don't bro, know. I mean, it's been a long time. That's an awesome bro, you, match. You, you want to know the difference that I see, bro? He And I'll tell you why it's happening. Bro, as, as I watch the Attitude Era in real time when I watch Raw, okay? Bro, when you watch the Attitude Era and, you know, Brett and, and Austin, bro, you're always seeing two guys trying to get each other over. I, I just saw a match with Shamrock and and uh, Kama, you know, who came on to be the Godfather. But as I'm watching this match, both of them are trying to get each other over. Kama's trying to get Ken over as a babyface. Shamrock's trying to get him over as a heel. They're really trying to get each other over. And and in that, bro, there's a lot of selling. I think when you fast forward today, bro, I don't I don't get that feeling whatsoever anymore. And I think because what's that what that's been replaced with is everybody trying to get their shit in and there's no selling. Yep. There there's no selling. And bro, like I said, man, you go back and watch a Shamrock and a comma they're selling that's what's getting the opponent over like bro every time shamrock goes to put that ankle lock on com is screaming at at the top of it like you can see them both trying to get each other over i don't see that anymore today bro i just i don't see that i think that's what's you know really 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 hurt the 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 reality of the business and think about this match is Brett and Austin. To me, one of the best WrestleMania matches, if not the best. Vince McMahon supposedly said no bleeding, no blading. And Brett's like, no, we need it. We need that visual. Like, he's such a genius. And obviously with Pat Patterson and Austin, too. Like, thinking, no, we need the blood. So when you submit the blood from a stone, which became a huge seller, one of the best-selling shirts with the Austin 316 bleeding. I mean, it just was one of those things. Supposedly, Brett bladed Austin, and we didn't know. Nobody noticed what the hell was going on. He's so good at it. We didn't notice. We didn't know what the hell was going on. And then when they got to the back, Vince thought it was a legit blood jet. Like, he didn't know that th- that Austin had bladed. Yeah, wow. I See, I, di- I didn't even know that, bro. I didn't even know that. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so Brett is not only the master of tricking the audience, the the boss. Yeah. <laughs> I think everybody but Pat Patterson knew like, what the hell? He must've really been bleeding out there. Like, yeah. wow, what a, what a match, but yeah, he, yeah that, that's awesome. That's a, hey man. He felt that's what they needed. He knew and he did it. I give him credit for that. Cause to me, the visual of that, the match is awesome, but yeah. the visual, you'll never forget that yep. he's bleeding and he passes out. Shamrock is like, you know, ring for the belt. He's in a pool of his own blood and the guy wouldn't let go of the hold. And then Shamrock has to get him off. So it's like, they hate each other. He doesn't even care if he almost killed the guy, but Austin hates Brett so much. He will never give up. That's great. He, he had to pass out in his own yep. blood to, to lose. Yep. That's great. Yep. Which to me sets off Austin into the stratosphere. Cause man, he was getting good reactions, but after that, it was like through the roof. Like Absolutely. I love this guy. Yep. No quit in this guy. I love this guy. Yep. 
Then we have a great match for me. I love it. Ahmed Johnson and the Legion of Doom defeated the Nation of Domination, Farouk Crush, and Savio Vega with JC Ice, Wolfie, and D'Lo Brown in a Chicago street fight in 11 minutes. Crowd, I mean, LOD, Chicago street fight, I mean, match made in heaven awesome. there. Yeah, yeah. Crowd was loving this. I mean, Ahmed Johnson's throwing people through tables. I Bro, love they, that they, they didn't beat LOD in Chicago, did they? No, Ahmed Johnson, LOD defeat Nation oh, Domination. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. surprised, bro. I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That awesome. crowd is so rabid. Even after that awesome Brad match, they were so rabid for LOD. If they would have lost, awesome, they would have flipped. Yeah, oh, they would have had a riot. That is great. Yeah. And Ahmed Johnson had the spikes on. There is controversy. We'll get into too much. There's some controversy. Did he steal the spikes? I interviewed Ahmed. He said he did not. I remember Animal saying he did steal the spikes. Uh, that's just a funny side story that, like, what happened to those shoulder pads that Ahmed Johnson had? Oh, you mean after the match they were going? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yep. okay. See, I, I, I didn't know that story either. That's interesting. Yeah. Interesting to, to look into that, but I know there was a little bit of heat with LOD and him after that. As far as like, what happened to those shoulder pads that you had? Yeah, but- I'm in, I'm poor <laughs> I'm in. I, I got along with Ahmed really well, and I really, really, really liked him. But God, he had heat with people <laughs> and too many injuries, too many injuries yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So then the main event of the evening, The Undertaker defeats Psycho Sid in an ODQ match for the WWF Championship to win the title and retain his streak even though nobody even thought about the streak at this point match goes 21 minutes 30 seconds taker wins with a little bit of help from bret hart inadvertently of course Shawn michaels is out there so i mean there's a lot of other stuff going on it wasn't a cluster really but there's other stuff going on to give undertaker the win still made sid kind of look strong in defeat yeah yeah no, yeah man i got i i was always a big fan i, I remember wcw kind of did the um I kind of did the Brett um, Austin match with Sid and Goldberg where, you know, like Sid was a yep. bloody mess, but he was not, you know, I, I, I was always, always a big sa- a, a, um, a fan of Sid, but bro, that was just another guy that was never in favor with the office, man. And, you know, see, bro, when you're writing, you, you don't ask the questions but you know, like, you know who Vince is having issues with. I mean, you you know it. And you never asked because it was never none of my business and it wasn't my. And yeah, he was one of those guys, too, bro, that was never, ever in favor with the office. And he kind of fades away. I mean, eventually by yeah. King of the Ring, he's kind of really fading away from yeah. WBF. So it's like he definitely full- was out of favor, but man, was he over or what? I mean, holy crap, was he over? Yeah. I went yep. to Survivor Series '96, Sid versus Michaels. Michaels gets booted out of the building. He's spitting on the fans because he's so mad that he's a babyface. Sid is the heel. He's cheating, and the crowd is going nuts. He's yep. inventing the fist bump. If you remember, yep. he's first person I've ever seen do that. Yeah, yeah, and that's so, why you got to go with it. Like you got it. You've got to go with it. That's why I'm going to go back to this past week. If if I'm Lashley and they're cheering Rollins the way he won. I'm yep. cutting the what is wrong with you freaking people, bro? Like I'm, that, that, that you've you've got to take advantage of all that stuff, bro. I just, I, I the system has changed so much in the WWE, and they are so they are so off kilter, bro. Of what are you gonna do? It is what it is. So, do you think this was an okay show? I mean, WW eighty three weeks, the NWO. I mean, they're kicking your ass. Do you think this was a good show to kind of move forward, or no? Yeah, I think it was. I mean, obviously, off the back of Brett and Austin, um, that that was really that's a very very good starting point. Yes. 
that was great. Obviously, Austin and Brett would continue to feud a little bit, but that that's kind of going to push them forward. Undertaker's world champ, I don't know, wasn't feeling him at this point. He'd feud with Farouk. He'd have a match with Steve Austin. He'd kind of be feuding with Brett a little bit. Obviously, Brett would get injured, and then that would lead to him coming back and SummerSlam and all that. But to me, little bit of a momentum here for you guys, but the pay-per-view buy rate wasn't great. Like your, your ratings aren't great. So that's almost where it's like, we might need Russo to come in here and start writing the show. Yeah. Well, you know, listen, man, God, bro. It, it, it's, it's, it, I, I'm just going to say this, bro. It's so much easier than they make it. it. It it really is, bro. And if you listen, if you just listen to what the fans are telling you, you know, bro, I can remember going back to MSG under Vince Sr. Vince Sr. had the crowd in the palm of his hand. In the palm of his hands. Bro, when I wrote shows, I would know they're going to cheer here. They're going to boo here. They're going to, I would know when, when I'm writing the shows. T- today, like you, you're, 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 the the fans like literally have hijacked the show. And bro, you know, that's the thing. If they're going to hijack the show, that's one thing. But you need to react to them hijacking the show. If they're going to cheer Rollins and sing along with Rollins, Lashley needs to, you know, Lashley needs to react to that. That, that could make Lashley the, the lone wolf. That can make Lashley the, the the sting, the crow. You know, F you all, man. I come out here every week breaking my back, and, and you're going to cheer and sing with this clown? If they're going to hijack the show, there's, no, there's not a damn thing you're going to do about it, but you got to react to it, bro. And I think that's where they're really missing the opportunities. All right, let's head towards the plugs. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website, tmptempire.com, and Patreon, patreon.com slash tmptempire. Vince, what do you got? Yeah, if you look at my addresses right there, russosbrand.com, patreon.com forward slash russo TWC. Bro, subscribe there. We got a bunch of great shows. All right, thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time. Have a good one, folks. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at two-man power trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron and also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies, brother.